You are listening to Alpha Male Buddhist from Brooklyn podcast. Expand your mind and keep it love. Welcome back to the Alpha Male Buddhist from Brooklyn podcast. I'm your host, Miguel. This is episode 144. In this episode, I've chosen a few select videos from Dr. Joe Dispenza, which I have carefully selected to share with you guys because I've been listening to him over the past couple of days. Well, I've been listening to Joe Dispenza for about a year or two now. But I specifically went through and selected some videos that I'm sharing with you now in this episode because I feel that it's timely and I feel that this is the type of information that we should be feeding ourselves right now as far as taking everything up to the next level and pursuing that ascended path with all of this pandemic bullshit that's going on around us and people are kind of losing it and kind of off center and when you're like that in fear and confusion you're easily controlled manipulated depressed and all types of negative stuff so this is an episode for uplifting teaching and pursuing the ascended path dr joe dispenza is a spiritually gifted healer and man of knowledge teacher And when you listen to his words, you can feel the truth emanating from him, from his heart. He's also an author and he has some really um, inspiring and really uplifting books that will help you on your path to growth and, and, and spirituality. So I recommend you look up his books on Amazon and support him. So as I play the sound bites and the segments of him, listen very carefully to his words because If you're not really paying attention, it'll kind of just go over and you'll hear all healing in the heart and breath. But listen to him and really integrate with what his teaching is because it can change your life. And the power of Dr. Joe Dispenza is that he has the ability to integrate ancient spiritual teachings such as Buddhism and Taoism and even Christianity. And he's able to integrate that with today's cutting-edge psychology and neurological studies of the brain and the mind and chemistry of the brain. So he's really a cutting-edge guy that really brings a lot to the table as far as teaching and guiding you, you know, on what you really need to be learning as opposed to a lot of bullshit that other people are putting out today. Just trying to sell books and trying to, you know, sell you their latest diet or meditation program. Dr. Joe Dispenza will absolutely blow your mind. So if you go to my website, which is alphamalebuddhist.podbean.com, that's alphamalebuddhist.podbean.com. In the comment section of this episode 144, you will see the links to these YouTube videos. I recommend that if this these words speak to you go to my website and click on the youtube link so you can actually watch the video on youtube and in addition to joe dispenza i have a video which is about 10 minutes of a guided meditation and i took maybe 10 to 15 minutes just looking for the right video to share with you guys on meditation the proper way of doing it and each one that i saw either started off really good and kind of flattened out a little bit or started out a little flat and then got good but this or it was way too long and they kind of spread it out too much but 
the guided meditation that I'm putting at the very end of this is 10 minutes and it's amazing I mean it's so perfect the way uh, it's it's put forth as far as enabling you to get to that state of meditation it's really important that you do that meditation you know to you know to really to grow and to move move along because what happens is if you don't meditate you're just going to stay locked in the same material paradigm space that we're all in this meat suit space that we're in and you'll never get a glimpse behind the curtain to see really who we are and what where we come from and you know the the thinking that we should have and the spirituality and the connection with god that we should have connection with god and connection with the self and that's the meditation is the key to unlock all of that proper meditation a couple of other points that i want to cover recently I, th- I believe he's from, from Great Britain. Well, he is from Great Britain, from London, I believe. Uh, speaker David Icke, he's a speaker and an author. He's, been, he's like the great granddaddy of conspiracies. He's been around forever. I remember listening to David Icke 20 years ago. But he did an interview recently on London Real. I forget that gentleman's name, but the name of the show is London Real. It's on YouTube. And as soon as that interview went up on YouTube, I think within 20 minutes it was taken down and banned. And I can't even really find the original interview. When I go on YouTube or on BitChute, what I find is the same interview on London Real, but the gentleman, the interviewer says, hey, you know, our our last interview we did got 7 million views in a day or whatever. And I guess it's a second interview that he did, so I wasn't able to find the first interview. So... Go online and, and watch that second interview, and he gets into the whole uh, coronavirus and a lot of things, 5G and a lot of stuff that's going on right now. And you have to wonder if it was canceled and banned after, you know, whatever it was, like a half hour or an hour, you have to wonder why, right? Obviously, there's some profound truth that is on there. So, again, David Icke interview, London Real, it's on YouTube, go check it out. I believe it's two hours. It's a long interview, but it's well worth it. A second point is shortly after that uh, interview that David Icke did on London Real, there was another interview, and the guy's name is Valutainment. I don't know what his name is. I used to like the guy, but something there really turned me off because once, he, like I said, once David Icke uh, did that interview on London Real and got those millions of views... This Valutainment guy uh, brought David Icke on to interview him. And I guess he was clout chasing. He wanted to glom onto that that viral video that David Icke had so he can get some of that momentum that David Icke was bringing that, that, you know, that, that energy, as it were, that David, that heat that David Icke was bringing. So this Valutainment guy brought David Icke on to interview him and he tried to do a hatchet job on him. You know, talking about, oh, you know, 30 years ago, you went on an interview and you said this and that and you were the son of God. And and you know what? All of us, you know, we have the ability to have a little craziness in us. So at one point we would say something that wasn't 100%. But David Icke is the man, you know, regardless. And I, did, I have seen those interviews. He used to be a soccer player. Um, and it is what it is, man. I mean, the guy is speaking truth. I go by what he's putting forth, David Icke, what he, what he's teaching, what he represents, what he stands for. And he feeds my soul when I listen to him. So this value guy went ahead and tried to do 
a hatchet job on David Icke. And David Icke just basically cleaned his clock. And it's it's really entertaining and fun to watch because David Icke just kind of stays on the steady path. And as this value, I forget his name. He's a, I used to like him, but now I can't stand the guy after watching that, what he did, that negative energy that he was bringing. Because like I said, all he was trying to do was feed off David Icke's energy from that uh, viral video that he did trying to catch some of that lightning in the bottle for his own show, but it backfired on him. He ends up looking like an idiot. David Icke just took him to school, you know, so that's that. And on that same note, you know, there's a lot of guys out there today, a lot of quote-unquote spiritual teachers and lecturers and authors, and they're bringing this kind of bubblegum Skittles type of uh, energy out, which doesn't feed anybody anything and if you listen very carefully to it you could tell right away it's just literally just bullshit it's trying to hawk their wares sell a book or do whatever they can to make some kind of profit and that's their main objective is profit and to mislead people with their bullshit they go on a podcast and they say hey you know what everything that you're doing is wrong eating the wrong kind of food and reading the wrong kind of books and you're you know you're eating your sandwich the wrong way and you know, if you listen to my book, then I'll teach you how to do all of this stuff the right way. And, you know, enter XYZ in the box for the discount code. You know, that's that that's what you're hearing. You guys know what I mean, that listen to podcasts and shit. And normally I don't like to sling mud or talk bad about anybody, but I'm just going to have to say it in this one instance. The perfect, perfect example of this prototype type of person is this British guy's name is Russell Brand. And I'm sure you guys have seen him or heard his name, but just listen to the guy for like literally a minute, a minute to two minutes, and you'll just see how full of shit he is. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So please, these kind of people that fit this mold, this prototype or whatever, that they they try to assume the position of a guru, grand healer, they know everything, and just look at him and listen to him, and you can see how full of shit he is. So that's just, I, like I said, I don't like to normally sling mud, but this... Russell Brand guy. So fucking, he's full of shit. And I'm just putting this out there so you can kind of see that prototype, you know what I mean? To avoid these kind of people. These pseudo-gurus with their fake-ass spirituality and their fake-ass teachings. By their fruit you shall know them, as Jesus said. We now find ourselves in a time of great change. And every day new truths are being revealed. Revealed from out of the dark and into the light. The light will expose everything and reveal truth. They can, this system, they can go on with their wickedness and everything that they do and their oppression. I'm not going to get into too much detail about all the pedophilia and all that kind of stuff like that and the banking system, which is all, you know, the oppression and what's going on. But all of this darkness shall be revealed to the light. And that's really beginning to happen right now. Oh, and another thing, I just listened to a really good podcast on Craig Carwood's Higher Side Chats with Dale Bigtree. I think it came out yesterday, which was April 23rd. And he gets into a lot of this pandemic stuff. Amazing, amazing interview. So that's Higher Side Chats with Craig Carwood, Dale Bigtree. Really, really great interview. Uh, check that one out too. Another great YouTube channel that I started watching last week is Dr. Rashid Buttar. R-A-S-H-I-D-B-U-T-T-A-R. He's a medical doctor. He also sheds a lot of light on this, you know, fake pandemic thing that's going on right now. Amazing, man. You got to check him out. And as another side note, there's a channel that I just discovered. It's called 
Malvi Buddha, I believe it's M-O-U-T-H-Y B-U-D-D-H-A and his channel is trippy as hell man, I was watching it and it kind of blew my mind amazing man, with the visuals, the way he cuts his videos, the edits, the sound the concepts, it's just it's real profound like, you know, pineal gland type shit, so check that out so anyway, like I said, today all of this truth is being revealed to us rapidly and what I'm noticing is that our political leaders and these big business leaders and Fauci and all of these people, uh, Nancy Pelosi, all of these people are indistinguishable from little children, the way they conduct themselves, how they just want to have their way, their little uh, temper tantrums, with no regard to really the greater good of anybody or the benefit of the whole, but just to get their own way and their own agenda so they can profit, you know, and just cause destruction over the whole planet. The only problem is these childlike people have a, a large amount of power over us today, but that that's soon changing as, as people begin to, to awaken and really see the truth of what's going on. You can see all of the protests that are taking place all across the country. People are going to the state houses and just protesting and, and speaking their truth because what they're looking to do is lock down the whole planet so that just a few people, and the amount of people that are being affected by this coronavirus thing, it's it's like the same amount as a regular flu right and they're saying that this there's a i think what they used to cure malaria has like a 95 percent success rate in curing this but they're looking for a vaccine and bill gates want a vaccine and it's it's this shit is crazy man so listen to like i said this uh dr rashid buttar gets into it and david act really gets into this you know i don't i don't like to pursue that stuff too much but i just kind of bring the highlights to bring it to your attention but like i said i see the paradigm shifting right now as people wake up and truth is being revealed and it's going to be some hundredth monkey type shit. And for those of you that are not aware or have never heard of that term before, hundredth monkey, it has to do with an island in the South Pacific where they were doing nuclear testing, blowing up nuclear bombs and such. And, uh, you know, they let the, the, the islands, after they did all of that testing, they left them alone for 10 years or whatever. And about 10 years later, they populated it with some monkeys that were living on the island and what they were doing was they would take the monkeys and teach them once they would harvest the coconuts or once the monkeys would take the coconut off the tree or find it on the beach to take it to the ocean to the water and beach rinse it off and then you know eat it you know smash it open and eat it because it had a lot of radioactive dust on it so the scientists were teaching you know one monkey two monkeys ten monkeys and mind you there were thousands of monkeys on this island there was a group of islands together and upon the scientists teaching the hundredth monkey how to rinse the coconut from the radioactive dust off of it upon teaching the hundredth monkey the thousands of monkeys in that area all began doing it without being instructed so that's some kind of uh resonance like a morphic resonance where they all kind of got it from they all got the teaching, you know, just from that morphic resonance and shared instantly among them, like almost like a psychic network type deal. Shit is pre pretty amazing. Check it out. Look up 100th Monkey. So what I see happening right now with everyone waking up is that this whole paradigm of hate, war, greed, death and destruction is soon to be replaced as everyone wakes up on this 100th Monkey shit into a new paradigm of love, light, compassion, and just, you know, 
um, I don't want to say a paradise existence, but something where man lives in compassion and love and harmony with one another the way we were intended to by our creator. You know, that's what I see coming up. But you really got to pay close attention and you got to do the heavy lifting and the hard work on yourself. Start with yourself and with your friends and your family and try to, you know, teach and guide people that you know into this ascended way of thinking and living spiritually from within you know so right now it's time to put down your smartphone because it's making you dumb turn off netflix because it's lying to you and understand what they're trying to do with uh, all of this pandemic bullshit is trying to impose a one world government and take all our rights away and have us as cattle on this planet just understand that that's exactly what they're trying to do take away all of our human rights and if you remember back to 9-11 when they started doing all of this um these different laws and everything like that and taking all our rights away well this is i think this is like their final chapter where they want to impose this one world government on us to be honest with you but i don't it ain't gonna happen man because too many people are waking up and they're seeing what the truth really is right now and the only image i really see right now is bill gates getting that pie to his face go to youtube and look up bill gates pie in the face and look at how re how he reacts when he gets hit with the pie he would think that he got uh well, i don't know whatever but just look at it because it's funny as hell. But that's that's the way he reacted to that, I think, is the way these uh, fake rulers are reacting right now as this truth is all being revealed. We need a world of love, light, and compassion. Enough of this bullshit paradigm. So uh, that's it for right now. Like I said, I really want to thank you for listening. I'm going to play. I'm not sure how long this is going to uh, run for this episode, but I'm going to play the clips right now. And at the end, I'm going to have that 10-minute clip on the meditation. So again, I want to thank you for listening. Namaste. And stay tuned uh, because uh, there, like I said, there's a bunch of uh, clips of amazing clips of Dr. Joe Dispenza. So check it out. And thank you for listening. Namaste. And this is all fair use Creative Commons license. What do you think is most important for us to think about or concentrate on in, in these challenging times? Well, I mean, these are, these are amazing times. And, and in order for us to wake up, we need a wake-up call. And um, if you can frame the circumstances to see that it's an opportunity for everybody to pause and uh, retreat from their lives. And by removing the constant stimulation in their external environment, that reminds them of who they think they are as a personality. They're not going to the same places. They're not seeing the same people. They're not doing the same things. And they're actually confined to kind of a, a personalized retreat in the comfort of their own home. Now, the beauty behind this is who you're going to emerge as. And sure, the conditions in our environment are causing us to be uncertain. And in uncertainty, when things uh, we can't predict certain things. We move from everything that's predictable and known to this realm called the unknown. And if we're truly going to make a difference in the world, uh, we have to be creative. The problem is, is that when we're threatened by circumstances in our external environment, our response to those circumstances causes us to move into a very primitive state, a, a, a response from the autonomic nervous system that drives the body into what's called the sympathetic response, a fight or flight response. So in that emergency mode, 
the brain and the body go into an alarm state because there's a threat or a danger that we're perceiving in our outer environment. Now, for the short term, that's okay because all organisms can cope with short-term stress. But if our response to the environment is keeping that stress response going on for an extended period of time, stress is when the brain and body are knocked out of homeostasis. Stress is when the brain and body are knocked out of balance. So, so people, when they react to circumstances that are unpredictable, that are uncertain, that they can't control an outcome, or they have the perception that things are gonna get worse, it's the exact motive that turns on that fight or flight response. So now when the person's living in fear, they're mobilizing enormous amounts of energy for some danger in their outer world. Now, there's only a certain amount of energy in the body and if there's no energy in the inner environment for growth and repair, uh, we become more susceptible to the conditions in our outer environment. In other words, our response in fear and aggression and frustration and pain and suffering actually weakens the organism. So now, in these times, uh, we have to become conscious about our relationship with our body. We have to become aware uh, that we are amazing human beings that come fully loaded with an immune system that combats uh, cancer cells, funguses, and molds that happen on a moment-to-moment -moment basis. And so, <clears throat> let's just say that in your normal life, you're reacting to the traffic, uh, you're reacting to your coworkers, you're reacting to the news, and your response to any one of those circumstances in your outer environment causes you to feel some of those limited emotions. So I say to you, why are you angry? Why are you upset? Why are you frustrated? Why are you in pain? So if you say unconsciously or even consciously, it's the traffic, it's the news, it's my coworker that's making me feel and think this way. What you're really saying is you're vulnerable to your environment because something in your outer world is actually controlling and influencing how you think and feel. So anything that's controlling you or you have no control over, you are, or think you have no control over, you are a victim to your environment. And it is that consciousness that causes us to become more susceptible to anything in our outer environment. And so the immune system becomes compromised. The internal system of our internal environment that's responsible for metabolism, assimilation, growth and repair. So our research shows that, well, first of all, all of our training, all of our work that we've done, everybody that's listening to this show, is, is looking for answers because they believe that there is more to reality than this dream. And it's, a, it's, a, it's an instinct that we have that never seems to go away. And that feeling that, that sometimes is difficult to describe has brought people to search for greater information, for greater truth. And so the relationship that we have with our body tells us that when people understand that change is to be greater than their body, to be greater than the conditions in their environment, and to be able to sustain that type of change for an extended period of time, then all of the training, all of our practice, all of our meditations, all of our transformation, all of our 
awareness is for times like these. This is where now we have to apply everything we've learned. This is, we're, we're out of the bleachers now and we're, we're on the playing field. So our research shows that, yeah, fear and those stress hormones actually suppress the immune response. <clears throat> but if people understood how powerful their immune system really is, that if they traded that fear for gratitude, and I know that there's may not be a whole lot of things to be grateful for, but if you live in survival, you see limited possibilities because in stress and in survival, you will, you will begin to select scenarios in your mind to prepare for the worst thing that could happen. Now, that's a kind of a limited imagination, but, but if you trade that emotional state for an elevated emotion, like love or wholeness or inspiration or gratitude or thankfulness. Our research shows that by converting from that sympathetic nervous system and teaching the body that it's safe in the present moment and beginning to activate uh, elevated emotions, if you just practice that for 10 minutes a day for two or three times a day, that your immune system will strengthen by 50%. That's, that's a significant amount of change. Now, that's, that's saying that once you activate this center called your heart center, your, your center of oneness, your center of wholeness, the union of opposites, this is where we begin to create from. This is when we're in a state of creation, we're seeing possibilities that we've never seen before. Now we're, now we're no longer victims to our environment. We're now coming up with solutions that, that cause us to respond in greater ways to our environment. That once energy makes it to the center, that little gland that uh, sits right uh, next to your heart called the thymus gland, thymus mean time, like a time leaf, has two functions. It has a endocrinological function, which makes growth hormone, which is the fountain of youth. That's what causes a response and repair quickly in the body and regeneration. And then it has an immunological function and it releases a chemical called thymosin. And when activated, thymosin signals T cells, your elite force in your body. And T cells have receptors on the outside of their cells that have to be activated. And when you're feeling gratitude or love, it's a time for growth and repair. And the emotion then is what begins to select and instruct different genes and activate these T-cell receptors that cause the T-cell to actually be able to become powerful or empowered against foreign agents, bacterias, uh, molds, even cancer cells. So by moving into a state of balance, you're strengthening your inner environment. These T-cells can actually combat the very foreign agents from our environment. And it's, it's happening right now. It's happening for us right now, our immune system is memorizing foreign agents on a, on a moment to moment basis. But if you're living in fear and the chemical response to your environment is saying it's dangerous or threatening out there, then those chemicals actually shut down the T receptor, uh, receptor sites because it needs energy for the emergency in the outer environment. So we become more susceptible to, to foreign agents in our inner environment. So when the, when the receptors are stimulated, uh, in order for the body to produce antibodies or, or immunoglobulins, proteins, a gene has to be signaled. So it's the chemical state of wholeness and gratitude that's saying that it's safe enough to relax into the present moment and now there's growth and repair going on. 
the chemical signal then activates the receptors. The receptors activate the gene. The gene makes a protein called an, an immunoglobulin. And immunoglobulin A is your primary defense against bacteria and viruses. And our research shows four days is going to increase that chemical by 50%. And those antibodies are Y-shaped proteins that actually stop the receptors from a virus or a bacteria from attacking it. So, so now there's an elite force of T cells that's made right from your thymus gland. When, you're, when energy and blood flow makes it in there, there's a host of physiological changes that begin to take place that causes you to become more immune to the conditions in your environment. So I think it's important for people to understand that they're not limited, that only if they believe that something out there is going to get them, the stronger the fear that we have, the more we put our attention on the cause and where we place our attention is where we place our energy. So in a sense, we're giving our vitality, our very energy to change and heal uh, to that circumstance. It has power over us. So teaching people how to self-regulate and teaching people how to retreat from their lives and see this as a great opportunity uh, to emerge as somebody else, uh, all of a sudden uh, it, it becomes a different, a, a, a different circumstance. Well, here's the deal with trauma, and it's kind of an interesting thing because when you're traumatized, some threat or some danger or some condition in your outer world through your senses is changing how you feel in your inner world. However, current global circumstances suggest it's likely that this virus will cause a pandemic. And the quotient of change between the way you normally feel in some alarmed state when you change your internal state and move into that emergency mode you narrow your focus on the cause and the brain freezes an image and takes a snapshot and that's called the long-term memory and now that image is branded holographically into the brain i'm bruce lipton author of the best-selling books the biology of belief spontaneous evolution and the honeymoon effect I'm here just to provide a quick insight into the nature of the COVID-19 disease that is spreading globally at this moment. In the news media, we're being hyped with a lot of information about the aggressive nature of this disease and specifically that it is a fatal disease. Well, I'm here to try to alleviate some of that issue because it's not really a true insight of what is going on. Every year we have a flu season and every year uh, a virus comes and we catch a cold and there are symptoms that range every year in the flu from simple sniffles or sneezing uh, to actual death. And it's not a general population, it's a population that primarily consists of older people in nursing care and those people who have health compromising uh, issues in their life that influence their immune system. So it's not the general population that goes to the lethal end of the flu. The significance is conventional flu viruses are running around in the human population for decades. So we can alleviate the symptoms of flu by having immunological memory of previous flu uh, infections. What's different in this one is the coronavirus that is now affecting the human population has never been in the human population before, so none of us have any pre-existing immunity to this particular virus. Point, we're all susceptible to getting the virus and having the flu. Yet, something's a little more different about it because without any previous experience, this virus is more aggressive than previous viruses. More people are going to get it, 
because of lack of previous uh, uh, exposure. And, uh, and as a result, also the symptoms can be much greater. So that we're finding in the current coronavirus, uh, it, symptoms may range from nothing more than sneezing and coughing to full-blown respiratory problems. Now the important part is this, yes, there's always a population that will uh, succumb to this virus. Every year it's 0.1%. This year it's going to be a little bit higher. Why? Because there are still people in that same cohort that will get the virus uh, uh, but have a worse response because of no previous exposure to this virus. So yeah, who are the people that will die from this virus? Well, they're essentially the same group of people that die every year from the same kind of flu virus, and that is those that are elderly and under hospital care or nursing care, and those whose immune systems are already compromised. Point is very simple. We're all going to essentially get this virus because we hadn't had it before. But let me stop right there for this point because those respiratory issues from the coronavirus are easily treatable by the medical profession. We can handle them. So for the average person, we will get a flu, no doubt about it. Will we die from that flu? Not if we take care of ourselves, no. So an important insight is this. While we all will be liable to getting the infection, the severity of that infection depends on the health of our immune system. And more importantly is stop worrying because worrying causes stress and stress releases stress hormones into the body. And the simple fact is this, stress hormones shut down the immune system in an effort to really take the energy of the body and get it ready for fight or flight, running from that proverbial saber-toothed tiger. When we start to hear the news and the fears and the threats that are keep being bombarding us from uh, the media, we are naturally starting to release stress hormones. And as we release these stress hormones, we compromise our own health. So a very important insight into this thing is this. It is not lethal for almost the entire population, a small percent of the population. So then remember experiences better because we can remember how they feel. And and that memory then changes the person's biology. So they think neurologically within the circuits of that experience, and they feel chemically within the boundaries of those emotions, and how we think and feel becomes our state of being. It's the strong emotion that begins to select and instruct the gene that creates disease. Because if the environment signals the gene, and that's the truth, that's epigenetics, and the end product of an experience in the environment is an emotion, the emotion that you feel from that event is literally selecting the gene. The, the person, if it's, if it's strong enough, begins to wear their trauma, not just in their brain. Now it's in their body because every time they think about that trauma, every time they review it, every time they keep creating the imagery, they keep firing and wiring the circuits in their brain, and they keep feeling the feeling emotionally in their body. And their body is so objective that it's believing it's living in the same past experience 50 to 100 times a day. An image and an emotion, a thought and a feeling, and you're conditioning the body into the past. Well, you're conditioning the brain and body into the past. What if they create an inner event that carries an amplitude of gratitude or joy or freedom? Breakthrough from the chains of the past. And when the body is liberated and you feel that elevated emotion, the stronger the emotion you feel from that breakthrough, the more you're gonna pay attention to the image in your mind. And now, you're now beginning to brand new circuitry in the brain and your body's being conditioned into a new future. And the stronger the emotion you feel, and the more you pay attention to the picture, the more you're conditioning the body over time to the future instead of the past. Then that emotion ultimately signals a new gene 
that upregulates up that gene to produce better proteins. And the person then all of a sudden starts healing. And we have research to show that people can do that in four days, signal genes to reduce cancer cells, uh, to go to active tissues and repair them and regenerate them and suppress uh, inflammation. I don't want to be referenced as somebody who uh, gives his power away to uh, entities that don't have bodies, that, but love to be tricksters and love to feed off of people's emotional reactions. I've seen people do this and get stuck for years where they think that the, those beings are doing everything to them in their lives. And that's exactly what they want you to think. But in a sense, that's absolutely not the truth. My question has to do with your perspective on the existence of demons as many cultures portray in their spiritual teachings. And I'm going to give you a reference after asking the question. Uh, in a universe that's based upon balance, the yin, the yang, everything that you're teaching about connecting with the divine in the unified field and marrying our attentions with elevated emotions, is there an opposite in play that's required for balance in the universe? And my reference is this, uh, not long ago, uh, from what I perceived to be a reliable online source, I heard a story that back in the Vietnam era, the military was using night vision goggles in the red spectrum. And according to this source, it was reported that many pilots were reported to have seen demons while using them, not only seeing them, but that these entities were actually looking back at them, trying to interact with them, and it caused huge problems. I mean, many of the pilots were freaking out, and apparently the military had to change things, and they now use a green spectrum night vision goggles. And apparently, again, this phenomenon, phenomenon is no longer an issue. So what are your thoughts on demons? Okay, so I'm going to explain this uh, from a very scientific standpoint, because I don't want to be referenced as somebody who uh, gives his power away to uh, entities that don't have bodies, that but love to be tricksters and love to feed off of people's emotional reactions. So if you take the visible, if you take the light spectrum, the electromagnetic spectrum, and you look at the frequencies way, way down the slowest frequencies before you get to the material world, you know, the, the range of microwaves and the range of radio waves and those big, big wavelengths and those slow frequencies. Uh, and then you move into the, the realm of infrared. And then from infrared on the spectrum, there's visible light. And that's a very small uh, spectrum, the wavelength of light that mm -hmm. lights up everything material. If we didn't have that light, we have difficulty interacting in our environment. So, so we need light to be able to navigate in the 3D world. Uh, and then you have the frequency beyond light, which is ultraviolet, and you have X-ray, you have gamma rays, and you have then you know this this realm of cosmic rays, and and um, you know ultimately what's called the zero point field. Now, Einstein said that there's no such thing as matter; uh, it's the slowest frequency that we perceive with our senses. He also said equals mc squared, which says that anything material that's traveling at the speed of light is going to turn in, faster than the speed of light is going to disappear and turn into pure energy. So this realm between the material world and those slower frequencies, all the way through infrared frequency to visible light, 
is really the spectrum that we interact with in the three-dimensional reality. Now, those wavelengths tend to be slower uh, and, and they tend to be more, um, uh, they tend to be associated with emotions that are survival emotions, from guilt to shame to fear to unworthiness um, to sadness uh, to suffering uh, to uh, sexuality and sexual addictions to addictions, emotional addictions uh, to anger, hostility, uh, competition, frustration, uh, hatred, and those 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 emotions tend to be in the lower energy centers of the body now. I want to be very, very articulate and specific about this. As people move uh, out of the three-dimensional reality and they begin to uh, pass this plane as an example, a certain percentage of those beings that have been so attached, any human being that's been so attached to any of those emotions or any of those problems or any of those addictions they get caught between worlds, between the material world and the, and the world of light, the, the, the speed of light. And what's in there is that infrared spectrum. And the infrared spectrum is where you'll see these uh, um, beings that, that don't have a physical body, but what they're looking for is energy. And what they're looking for is to feed off of energy. And so they tend to be pranksters, they tend to try to evoke strong emotions, they, from fear to, to anything in between. And in that realm, if you react, then on some level, they have your attention. And if they have your attention, they have your energy. If your ambition is to not get caught up in that world, but to continue beyond the realm of polarity and duality, if you understand that there's frequencies that exist faster than the speed of light that's called the quantum and you realize that quantum that there's no bodies there there's no people there there's no things there's no objects there's no places there isn't even time that there's a level of wholeness and oneness or a greater level of order and energy that's transcendent of the polarity that exists in the three-dimensional reality in other words separation is what creates polarity so the more you live by these emotions and the hormones of stress the more they heighten your senses and we become materialists so then there's me here and there's you there there's me here and my future way over there and and it creates separation because a separation is seeing two different points of consciousness where you are and then your goals and your visions and your dreams and or somebody that looks different than you or isn't the same as you, you experience more separation. So we have this perception that as we're immersed in the world of the senses, that there's separation between everything material. But in the quantum, the quantum field is an invisible field of unifying energy that connects everything material. And in fact, Einstein said, that the field, this quantum field is the sole governing agency of the particle. He didn't say the particle controls the particle, he said the field controls the particle. So then people who have trouble in their lives in terms of victimization, they're emitting energy uh, out of that center and that's perfect energy uh, for these discarnate beings to feed off of. Now, they can't feed off a person who isn't a victim. 
because it's not consistent with them energetically. I'm using this as an example. So as people understand that there's a roadmap that they have to pass through, that as they overcome uh, in their work, their inner work, these self-limiting emotions, if they're moving through those layers, in your move, they're moving through those emotions, they're moving through those energies, if they understand that, that they can move through them, and by overcoming the emotions, I've seen this actually, uh, when a person overcomes an emotion, that those discarnates have nothing to feed off of. They're, they're parasites, and what they're doing is, a parasite uh, gives the host a certain dose of a substance, a, a chemical, you know, real parasites, to weaken the host long enough to feed off of, but off of it, but not to 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 take its life. And these are kind of these kind of parasites that feed off of people that feel victimized or, or um, have difficulties uh, overcoming those emotions. They're they're they're, they're addicted to them. So. So in a, in a sense, the, if the person is that way, if they're a victim, then it makes sense then that, that, that they can easily be influenced because a victim is, is a person who says, my feelings and my thoughts are being controlled by everyone and everything outside of me. And they, they, that means they have no power to change. So when people begin to make those substantial changes and they change the way they think and feel and they start doing the inner work, then on the side effect of that is there's a liberation of energy and there's a change in consciousness and that change of consciousness is fundamentally important because now all of a sudden you're moving beyond that uh, that energy or that emotion or that level of consciousness and if you get to that point where energy passes through that tiny little portal the center of the magnet where there's no longer any polarity now all of a sudden energy begins to make it into your heart and now you feel whole you feel love you feel gratitude, you feel kindness, you feel care, and you're no longer consistent with the energy of these um, of these entities that don't that don't have bodies. And so the key is if it happens to you, and it's happened to me uh, in my own inner work, that your your job is to not react emotionally. The moment you react emotionally, the game is on. If you have a will to understand that you're a free-willed individual and that you're moving through certain frequencies to get to a greater frequency, then if you understood that, you would move through it without reacting and and then give less of your power away to them. The moment they capture your attention, I've seen people do this and get stuck for years where they think that the, those beings are doing everything to them in their lives. And that's exactly what they want you to think but in a sense that's absolutely not the truth it's no different than somebody giving you a, a voodoo curse uh, uh, in certain cultures they believe that a person is that powerful but only to a person that believes believes that to be true or a person who's victimized so victimized that they believe that, that, that that's true a person who's solid in their, in their own free will and solid in their conviction and their man management of energy, uh, they would see it as something that was uh, would would have no effect on them because they're no longer uh, playing from that consciousness or that level of energy. So I, I hesitate a lot of times to talk about this because people take it in so many different ways. 
but they latch on the energies and they're usually slower frequencies and they can be seen um, at times by infrared cameras because that's the frequency um, that they're that they're using and certainly the emotions of suffering and pain uh, they tend to be along that frequency as well so so I wouldn't spend a whole lot of time giving them my attention or giving them my energy or be thinking about them I would just say well, if I was there, there's got to be a greater frequency, a greater energy that I can tune into and move into that energy and move right past it. And they're just at a certain spectrum, uh, a certain color in the rainbow that you want to move through. And, and that's how we that's how they they change. And uh, and people in, in my work uh, have had moments of that. And and as they overcame the, the, their, their past and overcame their emotions, uh, yeah, those they're no longer victims and uh, they have to go. They, they just have to find some some other place to be sure. so so that's that's probably the easiest way for me to explain it Ted um, and it was a great answer um, it's not something I'm having a problem with but it was something I was curious about and I wanted to ask a question that would serve the whole um, but I, I did want to go back and and clarify you're saying that these entities they, they are real um, but it's not anything to concern ourselves with we can we can move past them and we don't we don't have to allow them to have our energy but they are real and where did they come from then are they oh. they are they are they are human life forms and souls that are have died stuck. and passed on stuck they're stuck between uh, they're stuck between the 3d reality and the light they're they're and and they're not going on to the light because they're attached to this 3d world and ah. they don't have bodies so they can't gamble they can't do pornography they can't um, abuse anybody they don't have a body but they're looking for energy that's similar so they're just existing in purgatory they're existing between worlds they're, do they, they actually can they go on to the light of at course any point? many of them do of course I've, I've, many of them do they sooner or later evolve <laughs> but sooner that's or later awesome. right? sooner or later everybody sooner or later we all do right it's just when you make up your mind is when you just say there's got to be more right so yeah so uh, the key is that if you're if you are executing free will and you're a sovereign soul and you say i i i have free will here now once you say that you have free will then it's you can't be uh, they, they have to respect that because uh, free will is always uh, uh, respected in the universe when you're unconscious and you don't demonstrate free will well it's no different than uh, slaughtering a chicken. You know, I mean, it's just it's, it's just what so how people see it. So, so um, the key is to move through it. It's just there's greater sure. frequency with greater consciousness, and that's where we want to go. Some of the research shows that you know, ninety percent of the thoughts that we think on a daily basis are the same thoughts as the day before. So, if you think that your thoughts have something to do with your destiny. And 90% of your thoughts are the same known thoughts that you're always thinking, then your life should stay the same. Because the same thoughts lead to the same choices. The same choices lead to the same behaviors. The same behaviors create the same experiences. The same experiences produce the same emotions. Those same emotions tend to influence the way we think. And our biology, our neurocircuitry, our neurochemistry, our hormones, and even our gene expression is equal to how we think, how we act, and how we feel. And how you think, how you act, and how you feel is called your personality. And your personality creates your personal reality. That's it. So then it makes sense then if you want to create a new personal reality, a new life, you're going to have to change your personality. 
and you got to start thinking about what you've been thinking about and change it. You got to become aware of your unconscious habits and behaviors, even how you speak. Then you have to look at the emotions that you live by every single day and decide, do these emotions belong in my future? So many people try to create a new life as the same person. Right. In order to create a new personal reality, you got to change your personality. So the principle in neuroscience says that nerve cells that fire together, wire together. Thinking the same way, making the same choices, demonstrating the same actions, creating the same experiences that stamp the same networks of neurons into the same patterns, all for the familiar feeling called you. And you do that for 10 years in a row. Well, you're going to hardwire your brain into a very finite signature because you're firing and wiring that way. And that box in the brain, that becomes our personality, becomes our identity. And by the time we're 35 years old, for the most part, we've done something so many times that the body now knows how to do it as well as the mind, and that's a habit. So we have these unconscious programs of, of behaviors, automatic habits, um, redundant emotional reactions, hardwired beliefs, perceptions, attitudes that function just like a computer program. You press go and it runs automatically. So then when it comes time to change, thinking positively is going to do nothing because your body has been conditioned for the most part into a program in the past. So the thought never makes it to the body because the body's on a different program. So how do we begin to influence the body so that the thought actually produces some type of change? So think about it. If you think an unhappy thought, you're going to feel unhappy. If you think you're a failure, you're going to feel like a failure. Once you feel like a failure, you're going to think you're a failure. And people get caught in these loops of thinking and feeling and feeling and thinking. And that redundancy is a conditioning process because all you need is an image or a picture or a thought and a feeling, a response, a stimulus response. And so the people tend to condition their brain and body into the past. And so when it comes time to change, you got to leave that familiar territory. And any choice that you make, if you said, hey, I'm going to eat a better diet, I'm going to wake up early and work out, I'm going to do meditation, the moment you decide to do something differently, get ready because it's going to feel uncomfortable. It's going to feel unfamiliar. There's going to be some uncertainty. You're not going to be able to predict the next moment. That means you've left your known biology and you're stepping into the unknown. Now, theoretically, that sounds great, but if the body has been conditioned into a familiar feeling, it's in the known. The moment you take it outside the familiarity, it wants to go back to where it's comfortable. So the body starts influencing the mind, and this is where people say, ah, oh, why don't you start your diet tomorrow? Oh, why don't you start working out this evening? Uh, you're really never going to change. You know, you're too tired. You have a headache. You know, uh, this doesn't feel right. And this is where people talk themselves out of it, because if they respond to that thought, that thought leads to the same choice, which leads to the same behavior, creates the same experience, produces the same feeling. And then they say, this feels right. No, that feels familiar. So going from one state of mind and body to another state of mind and body, you got to cross a river. And the hardest part about change is not making the same choice as you did the day before. Now, once people understand that they're going to be uncomfortable, then the question is, what thoughts do you want to fire and wire in your brain? What behaviors will you demonstrate in one day? And the act of closing your eyes and rehearsing who you're going to be when you open your eyes begins to install neurological hardware in your brain to look like you've already done it. Now the brain, which is typically a record of the past, now becomes a map to the future. And if you keep doing it, the hardware begins to become a software program and you start behaving differently. And then if you can teach your body emotionally what the future will feel like, 
That means then you're not going to wait for your wealth to feel abundant or your success to feel empowered or your new relationship to feel love. In fact, the moment you start feeling abundant, you're generating wealth. The moment you start embracing empowerment, you're stepping towards your success. The moment you're in love with yourself and you're in love with life, you start creating equals in your life. Now that's causing an effect in your life. How do you teach people to believe in a future that they can't see or experience with their senses yet, but they've thought about enough times in their mind that their brain has literally changed to look like the event has already occurred? The latest research in neuroscience says that's absolutely possible. Mm. We know that. And how do you teach a person to select a new possibility in their future and begin to emotionally embrace that future before it's made manifest? to such a degree that their body is their unconscious mind, is believing it's living in that future reality in the present moment, and they're signaling new genes and new ways ahead of the environment. Now, till their body begins to change to look like the event has already occurred, we've proven that that's possible. Now think about this. So the more you think about your desired future, the joy, the gratitude, the, uh, the feelings you want to have that are more positive, the more you think about it as, it's, as a future thing happening, the more your body shifts now. Exactly, so your body is believing it's living in that future reality now. in the present moment. Now think about this, the stronger the emotion you feel from some condition in your life, the more altered you feel inside of you, the more you narrow your focus on the cause and the brain freezes an image and takes a snapshot. And that memory now is embossed in the brain. It's branded in there. So then people think neurologically within the circuits of those past experiences and they feel chemically within the boundaries of those emotions. And the stronger the betrayal, the stronger the trauma, the more the body's living in the past, right? Crazy. So then, so how do you reverse that? So now, if you truly got passionate about a future, we've all done this. You get a wild idea in your mind and uh -huh. you start holding on to that vision and you're preoccupied with it all of a sudden the thought in your mind becomes the experience and you start feeling the, the energy of the future. Yeah. Now, the stronger the emotion you feel from that vision, the more you're gonna pay attention to the picture in your mind and now you're remembering your future. And vice and, versa, the stronger you pay attention to the feeling of the past pain, you're gonna create the pain in this moment. Exactly, so then, so it requires a coherent brain mm -hmm. and we now know that there's a formula for that and we've got beautiful research to show that people can do it, they just have to practice and it requires a coherent heart because resentment, frustration, impatience creates a very incoherent <laughs> heart. Yeah. And when that heart becomes incoherent, you stop trusting yourself. There's no energy there. You, get, you stop trusting in your future. Wow. So then if there's physical evidence in your brain and body, physical evidence to look like the event has already occurred, it's quite possible you'll be thinking neurologically within the circuits of your future and you'll begin to feel chemically within the boundaries of that emotion of your future. Mm -hmm. And how you think and how you feel is your state of being. And now your state of being is living in the future instead of the past. Now, the moment you disconnect from the emotion of your future, because of traffic or some coworker or your ex or whatever people come up with, now you're back to the energy of your past. Oh. And now you're gonna start looking for it, analyzing why hasn't it happened? Well. If you're feeling the emotion of your future, why would you look for it? 
because you would feel like it already happened. And that mm. is the place where the magic happens. So then you can't just do this, get up and then return back to your old state of being. You gotta maintain that modified state How of mind. How do you maintain mind. it that's, when, when that's life practice. happens? Well, let me finish. If I punch it, you in the face right now, how do you maintain? <laughs> well, of course, of course. I mean, we all take blows in our lives yeah. and, and we all react emotionally. But the question is, how long are you gonna react? Right, right. I'll so see. then, if you can't mediate and regulate your emotional mm -hmm. reactions and those emotions linger for days, that's a Years mood. for some people. Mood, and then a months, temperament, years, personality trait. So then the person's personality is literally based on the past, but Crazy. they don't know that because they're doing it over and over again, it becomes a subconscious program. So now, if it requires a coherent brain and a coherent heart, then we have to train people uh -huh. how to self-regulate. So we've done thousands and thousands of measurements. We've partnered with the HeartMath Institute to teach people how to create and sustain heart coherence. How do we do it? Well, besides going to your workshop, what's a simplified version? I'm sure it takes more time than well, it really doesn't. It really doesn't. It just requires getting still, closing your eyes, putting your attention on your heart, changing your breath so that you move into the present moment. And when you slow your breathing down, you slow your brain waves down. When you slow your brain waves down, now you're accessing your autonomic nervous system. So then you train a person how to open their heart and feel an elevated emotion. And it takes a little practice. And just like a flower that, that takes time to bloom, mm -hmm. it mm -hmm. takes a little bit of time. But if mm -hmm. you work in trading the resentment, the frustration or the impatience for gratitude, appreciation and thankfulness, and you keep at it, there'll come a moment where that system switches on and now you're feeling grateful for no reason at all. Right. Now that's, that's not a bad <laughs> thing because gratitude, the emotional signature of gratitude means something's happening to you something has happened to you, yeah. you're receiving something or you just received something. So your body then, when you're feeling gratitude, is in the perfect state of receiving. Mm -hmm. So then that means then you'll accept, believe and surrender to the thoughts equal to the emotional state of gratitude. Mm -hmm. If you're living in resentment, you're living in fear, you're living in, in, in patience, you could say I'm healthy, I'm healthy, I'm healthy, I'm wealthy, I'm wealthy, I'm with all you want and that thought's gonna stop right at the brainstem and never make its way to the body because the your body is- not feeling or because why? Because you're feeling resentment. Uh -huh. And that thought isn't, the, that thought is not consistent with the emotion of resentment. Resentment has a different set of thoughts, right? In other words, once you start opening your heart, it begins to move into coherence. It begins to produce a measurable magnetic field up to three meters wide. Now that's frequency, that's energy. And all that energy, that frequency carries information, carries an intent. So then when you're feeling gratitude and your heart is open, you're broadcasting energy into the field. Mm -hmm. a now, frequency. A yeah. frequency. You lay the intent of the thought of your health or your wealth. That frequency can carry the thought of your wealth. It can mm. carry the thought of your health. If you're suffering, you can't, the suffering does not carry, that energy does not carry the thought of your wealth. It carries a different set of thoughts. So then, so then we're teaching people how to self-regulate because if you're gonna believe in that future that you're imagining with all of your heart, it better be open and activated. Right, right. And you better know how to self-regulate and you have to know the moment you disconnect from the energy of your future because of some circumstance in your life and you lose that feeling, 
If you're practicing it on a daily basis with your eyes closed, then the next level is to be able to open your eyes and do it right in the moment、mm-hmm. and be able to self-regulate and change the the frustration from some experience in your life back to the energy of your future. Now, that requires great awareness and great effort. But if you have a community of people that are practicing this on a daily basis and they're connected to their future because that's where their their mind is.、Mm-hmm. Um, they begin to want the future more than the emotions、Fantastic. of the past. So we've done enough measurements now, Lewis, to know that we can teach people how to do that, and we have evidence that people can sustain it for 45 minutes to an hour. It's a skill now. They know、yeah. that they know how to do it. So now they have brain coherence and heart coherence. Well, once the heart begins to become orderly and coherent. It acts as an amplifier and it drives、mm. energy to the brain. So now, the brain is getting more energy once the heart is open, and then you're thinking a different set of thoughts. Imagine this field of information, this 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 intelligence that lives within you and I, that's governing everything material in this world. It's a self-organizing intelligence. You have access to it, so you better get present with it,、mm-hmm. as well as you can get present with anything else. And just because you can't see it. Doesn't mean it doesn't exist. I'm starting to realize how conditioned we are into believing how limited we are.、Mm-hmm. And as you start peeling those layers away, and you break through those beliefs, those self-limiting thoughts and emotions, on the other side of that is where the miraculous happens. So you got to be willing to be in that place of discomfort long enough to reorganize order and、mm-hmm. begin to create more coherence. And then all of a sudden. You get this recalibration that goes on in the brain and body, and then the extent of that is that the ultimate thing is you start to see feedback in your life. Those synchronicities, those coincidences,、mm-hmm. those opportunities—you're scratching your head, going, "Everything is falling into place." Yeah, I'm in the right place at the、Everything、right time. Everything I think about just comes to me because your energy is synchronized.、Yeah. It's you, look. I mean, when you have coherence in the brain and heart, you have. A laser of energy, and it could read information much better. You're living in stress, and your brain is shifting its attention from one person to another problem, to another thing, to another、uh, place to go. Each one of those things, there's an assignment of neurological networks in the brain. So the arousal of the stress hormones drives the brain into this high frequency, and you're trying to control and predict everything in your life. And those, your brain circuits are firing like a like a lightning storm in the clouds. When your brain's incoherent, you're incoherent, and、mm-hmm. and you can't, you don't have a signal. You're you, you don't have a Wi-Fi signal. You're not connected to the field. How could you how could you connect the energy and information if your signal hasn't become orderly?、Mm-hmm. So that when people synchronize their energy into coherence, they can synchronize to a possibility in the future. And the synchronicities that are feedback from the environment are just a reflection of your energy,、mm-hmm. and that's the universe saying. Follow the breadcrumbs. Do it again. Follow it again. Do it again. And now, all of a sudden, the person's not waking up in the morning like, "Oh, I'm gonna meditate now to create my future." They're they're kind of going like, "I'm getting out of bed because I don't want the magic to end." Right? They want to they want to sustain that state so that the old reality that they've lived in begins to transform into something new. And because there's no longer a vibrational match. With everyone and everything in their past, present reality,、mm. there's a vibrational match to their future, and now their future is starting to give them signals. A mindfulness meditation.
During this meditation, we will focus on being mindful, finding that point where you are completely aware of the now. Find a time where you will not be disturbed. Sit or lie down. Whatever thoughts come and go in your mind at this point, simply observe them as if from a distance. Notice your breathing, and especially the still point between breaths. Breathe in through the nose to a count of four, and out to the count of six. strain to do these breaths, just do them as best you can whilst focusing on that still place between inhaling and exhaling. If thoughts intrude, see them as coloured balloons, as separate from you, and let them go. Let them float away. You are present now. You are not controlled by your thoughts. You can acknowledge that they are simply that, thoughts. They proceed from you, but they do not own you. You control them. Recognize that fact and let them go, to be driven away by the wind. Be conscious of the beat of blood within you.
of the rhythm of your breathing. The brush of clothing against your skin. Feel the surface on which you sit and how your body presses into it. Be aware of any scents that you can smell or colours you can see. Notice the detail in the sounds you are hearing. Feel the temperature of the space you are in. Spend some moments simply being, being aware of all that is within you and around you right now, in this very moment. This is what it is to be mindful.
When you are ready, begin to go about your daily life once again, content in the reassurance that you can return to this mindfulness guide whenever you choose. Welcome to the Alpha Male Buddhist from Brooklyn podcast. I'm your host, Miguel. I like to cover topics from ancient history, great leaders and generals from the past, and I also like to talk about self-realization, truth, critical thinking, and strategic spirituality. Outside the box, nonconformist. I'm here to shatter the myths of the mainstream media and the beta sheeple narrative. My email address is alphamalebuddhist at gmail.com. My website is alphamalebuddhist.podbean.com. My Instagram is alphamalebuddhist. And check out my YouTube channel, Alpha Male Buddhist, and that's on YouTube. It is the podcast accompanied with video clips that integrate exactly with the podcast so it's motivational and inspirational. I also have promotional t-shirts. If you go to my website, alphamalebuddhist.podbead.com, you can see the promotional t-shirts there. Reach out to me. Also, if you have any show notes or any suggestions that you would like to hear on the podcast, just reach out and see if I can get that done. I've been getting some really Great emails and feedback from my listeners, which is great. So I want to thank you for listening and namaste.